We were up last night watching the 11, and then he said, boy, he must love you. She, she goes, be nice to Joel. <laughs> she said that, be nice to Joel. So, Joel, you get an extra special nice treatment today. I did not have sexual relations with that one. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. Build that wall! Build that wall! Build that wall! Hey there, and welcome to the Communications Breakdown podcast brought to you by Campsite Strategies. Each week, we're talking to and learning from some of the best in the communications business, trying to break down what's working and what's not anymore. I'm John Camp, recovering TV reporter with 20 years in local news. This week, we're talking about how to use communications to get involved in and make a difference in our communities. It's, it's not always easy to know what's out there and how to get involved, how to get eyeballs on events that you're promoting. We're going to talk about ways to worm our way into and through our community. My guest host on today's show, Kara McLeod. Kara is almost singularly the reason Raleigh is such a great place to live, or at least you have a, you've had a big hand in it, you, you and the weather maybe, right? Kara's title is Senior Marketing Communications Analyst. Is that right? Yes. Do I have it right? Yeah. Absolutely. We're yeah. going to need to pick that one apart. But in short, Kara, uh, I think folks should know that if they pull back the curtain to see how Raleigh Parks Rec and Cultural Resources is run and how it became a model for the country, they would see your smiling face behind the curtain uh, pulling the levers. And I want to get into that. So, so you, you, certainly you're one of the wizards that makes Raleigh a great place to live. And we're really delighted to have you on the show. We're also going to hear today, though, from a couple other voices as well, including the editor of the Independent Weekly, Indie Week, that's Jeff Billman, and one of Wake County's longer-serving commissioners, and one of the more forward-thinking communicators in local government today, Sig Hutchinson. We've also got a couple terrific panelists coming up later in today's show. One, legacy here on Communications Breakdown, ABC 11 anchor and reporter Joel Brown. And another one of my former reporter brethren, going back even further, Mike Charbonneau. Mike left the business a number of years before I did and very quickly racked up one of the more impressive comms resumes in town. Super excited to have both of you on the show. But first, Kara, we're going to start with you. Let's see if we can't give folks a sense for what you do in your official capacity, and then we'll talk about the communications tactics that get you there. Let's let's figure out who you are first. Sure. I have been working at the City of Raleigh um, Parks, Recreation, and Cultural Resources Department for 14 years now. Um, we have um, done all kinds of things, but right now I manage our digital assets specifically. So things like our emails, our social media, and our website is what I mainly am in charge of. And so that's how I look at creating content and look at creative ways to get in front of people. And so that's kind of my role and responsibility. Before working at the city of Raleigh, I worked at um, the YWCA of the Greater Triangle, so I have some nonprofit experience as well. And before that, I worked at Meredith College and um, admissions and recruiting students. So, I'm happy you brought in the why. That's something I wanted to get to a little later. Uh, we can start there because that's where you started. You were communications director there. Mm-hmm. That's a tough slog because you're talking to such, a, I would think anyway, because you're talking to such a wide audience. The, 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 the why is one of those cross sections of America that you really get all types of think and so that I suspect that requires a nimbleness in communications that would serve one well. Can you talk about that? Yeah, so it's it's also a challenge at the city as well because you want to market to everyone, right? So we have the whole entire city of Raleigh. So you really have to, um, when you're targeting, you have to really individualize messages for people and think about who people are and how to reach them where they're at. Um, and so it is a challenge for sure um, trying to find out where the seniors are at, where the teens are at, how to reach all those individual people where they're where they're at and and when you were there it's worth noting that was uh what a number of years ago 10 years ago right yeah, oh, four, yeah 14 yeah and, and long so time. Yeah. and so the way that communications has uh evolved take yeah. it where you will it has changed and it hasn't we've got some new tools i think to add to our toolkits um as communicators for us we still continue to use some of the old things we use because we've got such a wide audience at the city of raleigh so for us we still send postcards on occasion believe it or not really? you know, direct mailings when when appropriate there are some people that are not on social media that are not maybe on things like email so we try to remember that a utilities bill can work for some some folks you know and trying to reach them as well so we have a very unique um, challenge in reaching people where they're at and 
and trying to think about things differently and um, how to how to get at those people that we may or may not. Well, let's see if we can pick that apart and maybe a case example. What do you think is one of your best successes at the city? What, what are you most proud of in your time at the city? And then we'll pick apart kind of how you marketed it maybe. One of the fun, fun things we did, it's not most successful, but I think, I think it was a fun, fun thing that we did. We have an editorial meeting every month. We kind of look at different opportunities for us to leverage um, different holidays, ways to get people engaged on social media specifically. So one of the things that we did was a, a um, April Fool's campaign. And so we were like, okay, how can we reach people and get people engaged in our com- content that might not n- normally are engaged? And so we were like, let's kind of put something out there that's fun, that talks about um, painting the flowers at Dick's Park and giving people a different opportunity to come and check out the flowers. And so we didn't really do this. We put this out as an April Fool's conversation and it was great. We laid it out there. People actually took it for for truth. There, there were news reports on it. There this. were news reports on it. Absolutely there were. And um, there were retractions <laughs> too. Um, unfortunately, one of the local news stations picked it up as it was a news story and it was not. And we had put nods in the information about it being enjoying the flowers on the first day of April. The URL had happy April Fool's You were day trying to get them there so this didn't happen, but but nonetheless yes. they bit. Well, that's a great yeah. example of how communications can go break awry. Down. Right, yeah, how it absolutely. can break down, of course. Absolutely. And so what did so, that mean for you? Did you have, was it so, all fun for you guys or at some point did you take that seriously and think, well, are these public resources and, you know, should time have been spent uh, any time at all chasing down a, you know, but, but then again, maybe, what, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, we, for sure. So anytime you put information that is not maybe truthful or maybe, you know, thinking about it in a way that's like, you know, you don't want to be harmful to anyone. You don't want it to be, because you've built a trust around your social media followers. To us, you know, those people believe in what we put out every day so we really want to make sure that we're being thoughtful about that and how we use it and so you know we had fun with it and we made sure that it was not harmful before putting it out we made sure that you know we put information in there that weren't little nods to this isn't real information if you just took some time to really read it and be thoughtful about it Um, and so for us you know it certainly is something that you know, you had to think through about leveraging because there are consequences if people get upset with that because yeah. you are a trusted source when you're putting information out. Well, you're also mm-hmm. a trusted source elsewhere. You've got 919 Raleigh, which is a blog that you put out. Mm-hmm. You're also a social media profile as well. Mm-hmm. Talk about that. Yeah. So basically, we just like to share good information going on in Raleigh. So that's how we use it. You know, there's so much good going on in the community. There's so many fun things that are happening that we just love to be able to share all the good stuff going on in Raleigh. And so for us, we try to go out to things that we enjoy and just share our experiences with others. This is just initiative that you took Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because you like the city and because you think there's cool stuff going on here and you thought other people could share in it yeah. And so you just started this thing called 919 Raleigh, which now has how many followers? Are- we have probably over 5,000 followers. So I'd say we're micro-influencers, and we just are love to be able to, like I said, share, just share our experiences, you know, and I mean all the good going on. I think that there's a lot going on in Raleigh, so sometimes it's hard to find stuff, too. You know, as we grow as a city, it's a challenge to keep up with all the things going on. So for us, we just, like I said, try to show all the fun things going on in the area and... Yeah, in the community. Frankly, that's inspirational. And I think more because it offers a model for how people can easily involve themselves. You do have to be thoughtful about what you're going to say and, and, you know, sharing your experience. So it is, it it sounds easy, but sometimes it's a little work too, (laughs) too. But yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's a great transition into at least the first of the interviews I want to play. You know, I I suspect you've worked with Sig Hutchinson. Absolutely. Sure. Sig's a Wake County commissioner. Uh, He is, or at least appears to be, through the magic of social media, just about everywhere. Sig, for folks who don't know, can rightly, I think, be thought of as the architect of Wake County's greenways. He's been a tireless advocate for open spaces, parks, and outdoor rec. Of course, that's right in your wheelhouse, Kara. I wanted to drill in with Sig anyway to what makes him such an effective communicator, both in person and online, and so I hunted him down, down at the Wake County Justice Center, and in true Sig fashion, uh, he elevated the conversation. So we'll listen to this clip and talk about it on the other side. One of the things that I first think about is who's the audience and what are they interested in? 
I love that you say who's the audience. That's something I stress to my clients. Figure out who you're talking to first. Exactly. Okay, so that's yeah. a good starting point. Yeah, so the term that I use is to talk into their listening. If you understand how they're listening to the conversation, I am going to speak about the benefits of this community in a very different way to a group of Sierra Club advocates than I am to a business community. Yeah, of course you are. That makes all the sense in the world. Now, how do you how do you do that? How do you mechanically or how do you affect that? Great. So um, one is that you obviously do some research about who's yeah. in the room, and that, that helps a little bit. But one of the best things you can do in terms of understanding your audience and how, what you know, what the benefits are, is to get there early and have conversations with them. Talk to them. And talk to them, and you know that. And yeah. so many speakers or so many people miss this point where they, you know, uh, they, they're so worried about what they're gonna say, and they spend all their time working on that, whereas the real way to spend your time is to talk to the people who are in the audience, just listen to them, find out what they're interested in, find out what they see as benefits that you can speak to, and even use that. Use, use those stories and the people that you meet in advance when you're actually talking to them. That's really smart. Let's talk a little bit about social because that's a place that you excel, uh, in my opinion, anyway. This is something I obviously had learned. And we've all, we're all learning <laughs> as we go, right? Yeah, you have to understand your platform, all right? So Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook, um, those are my main uh, networks. So everyone has a different way of communicating. Uh, so you use different language, you use different emojis, you different, do different links. I love that you said emojis. Yeah, I, I think I a lot of people ignore emojis, oh, but no. you, you like to use them. Why do you, why do you bring them in? Because they're hip. Because they're, <laughs> they're fun, right? They're because fun. they engage people. Yes, now for example, here's a great example. On LinkedIn, you will not use near as many emojis as you will use on Instagram. Okay. Instagram's full of emojis. Right. Also think, boy, I'm giving you the good stuff, John. <laughs> Come on, keep it coming, Daddy. <laughs> you, it, particularly on Instagram, okay, you have to think about color, okay? So you have to have bright colors. And, and so don't, don't be doing yellows and browns. I mean, because your eye contact, when someone's scrolling through Instagram, you know, it's just instantaneous whether they like something or not. And color really grabs, grabs their attention. And on Instagram, the difference between 50 likes and, and 700 likes is what time you put it up what, on Instagram. What time of day? What time of day? Well, what's the golden goose? Sig? What you have to think about is when are people looking at Instagram? Okay, so it's, it, it's probably like after work, so four to seven is a good time. Okay. Um, and then during, on weekends, like when you're up, and another is eight, at, at late at night. So 10 to 11, you'd be surprised the number of people looking at Instagram right then. You know, my fellow elected leaders, you know, I will go up to them, John, and I'll say, are you on Instagram? And they go, oh no, nobody looks at that stuff. <laughs> Are you kidding me? You, you disagree. Oh, ever, totally. You, you gotta be out there. Sig is great. It is really interesting to hear the behind the scenes and how he really helps promote his messages and thinking about things like Instagram and really th being thoughtful about using emojis and what that brings to your post and how it really makes a difference between 50 and 700 likes. And um, Regarding of how what time of day you post. I, I liked when Sig said, know your audience. Yeah, I, I totally agree with the audience, you know, and really being thoughtful on each social platform on who's there and who your people are on each one of those um, platforms because they can change a little bit based on on that. And I also love the fact that that the color to me also we try to put a lot of smiling faces and images of kids in our programs because that's the same thing. People love it. I mean, if you can show somebody having a fabulous time in your park or a fabulous time in your place, then that's going to get so many more likes because people are attracted to that. They want to see happy things. And I think that's a great, great thing to do with Instagram. One of the things that makes it a little easier for Sig in the in the long run is, is how well-known he is, but of course one hand feeds the other here, right? He's so well-known in part because he tries to be. And is very thoughtful. You can see that um, through, I mean, he, he had a plan. You know, you go into a room, here's my plan, this is how I do it. And I think that that's really a way to be successful is to have a thoughtful plan. Because of all this, one of the things Sig can do more easily than most is just be heard by voters or by news stations. 
So to better understand how news providers are getting their stories and how the non-segs in this world can get coverage or even get reporters to take their calls, I sat down with the editor of one of my favorite news sources, Indie Week. This is Jeff Billman. He's been making editorial decisions at Weeklies for years and has a pretty unique cat perch when it comes to connecting with the community. Here's Jeff's interview. A lot of our stories come through uh, personal connections through people that we know. Um, you know, we do get the occasional pitch and, 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 and uh, you know, it's sort of a cold pitch and use it. But that's interesting. But not often. If I have a relationship with somebody, whether they're at a nonprofit, they're an attorney who's worked cases that I've, I've reported with before, and, and, you know, they either give me a call or send me, send me a text message or something and say, hey, hey, Jeff, you should pay attention to this thing. I think it's important. And I know them well enough to know that, you know, they're, 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 they're probably not bullshitting me. Um, you know, then, then I'm more apt to pay attention to it. You get like so flooded with, you know, emails and press releases and all that sort of stuff. And, and, and it's really too much to handle. Like I could spend, I could spend my entire day like sifting through emails and trying to respond to them all. The, the, the one thing that being in this business for a while has taught me is that uh, um, folks who are um, making decisions about calendars and making decisions about content are so kind of besieged with 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 kind of email and coverage requests and um, you know have such a you know kind of shortage of bandwidth um, yeah you, you kind of have to build a rapport with them even if it's even if it's not not over anything pressing it, just so when you have something you can say hey you know uh, I got this thing let's talk about it 20 years in local news, getting pitch stories all the time. Mm -hmm. I know that's, I know he's right on yeah. the money about that. How do you feel as a, as somebody who's trying to catch the eye of a news source? Absolutely. It is about building relationships with those reporters and also being a resource for them when they need something because we work together. Um, you know, it gets hot in Raleigh in May, starting in May, and we know those calls are going to start rolling in about pools and hot and heat, right? And so we make sure that our aquatics director is ready to talk and ready to be, and in fact, we'll call. We'll call ahead of the game and say, okay, we know it's getting ready to get hot. We're getting ready to, you know, have beat the heat stories. You guys love them. We'd love to be a part of that. And so you turn it to be a resource for them so that when I call and I say, hey, you know what I've got? Uh, I've got this great story, you know, are you interested? Here's what I'm interested. I've already had that relationship built and I've given you guys something in the past to help help work on that relationship. So it's a two-way two -way relationship. Playing into those kind of calendar-ish hooks mm -hmm. can make a big difference. Absolutely. I mean, I think that there is always something going on. If you need to look at holidays, that's something. I mean, we're always trying to find what could, how could we make this story relatable? How can we figure out how to get some coverage on this and so we try to really think about how to make it unique how to make it something that would be of interest to people really and trying to find a person to speak on that um, that's interesting okay that's a great place to leave it one quick aside for folks interested in circulation trends and how a publication like the indie week positions itself in the market when other papers are better known and bigger and have more resources jeff and i talk about that in our full interview that's online so is sig's full interview which is just packed chock full of fabulous advice he he basically condensed our entire podcast to about eight minutes you can listen to that on our on our website we'll link you to that in the pod notes we're going to take a short break and when we come back we'll be joined by two other comms pros we'll do a deep dive on what's working and what's not anymore when it comes to community communications we'll play some games to get to the heart of it all and as we do every week wrap up this communications breakdown with anything else stay with us Communications Breakdown is brought to you by Campsite Strategies. Campsite helps companies, nonprofits, and political types tap into their core strengths to pull out their very best stories with maximum impact. Campsite's Emmy-winning team of problem solvers and storytellers treats every client like it's their only client. Whether you want your story captured, told, and sold, or you're in the fight of your life feeling like David and need help figuring out which stones to throw, Campsite can help. Campsite will get the right information to the right people at the right time, and that can make all the difference in the world. If you've got a problem, odds are a good communication strategy will be key to solving it. 
campsite will get you there. We're back with Communications Breakdown. I'm John Camp, joined this week by Raleigh Parks and Rec Director Kara McLeod. Is that, that's not really your title, but but in some ways it seems like it should be, right? I mean, that, that's something most of us at least can understand, Parks and Rec. When you're, you're, what's your actual title? It's Senior Communications Analyst. That doesn't mean anything to anybody. Yeah, you, you put that into the back computer and it spits out what it is you do. Parks and Rec Director. This, no? Okay. <laughs> All right. We've, all, you like it or yeah. <laughs> We've also got two other old friends of mine joining us. Joel Brown, Mike Charbonneau. Joel, you're back for more, and we could not be happier to have you, sir, with us. Episode two. That's right. You were, you, were my, you were my very first co-pilot. You were Kara on episode one. People are talking. It's been a whole six weeks, and people are buzzing, baby. We've also got Mike Charbonneau, Chief Communications Director at Go Triangle. Very happy to have both of you with us. Mike, let's start with you. Okay, you and I first met about 10 years ago. That's about right. You yeah. were a reporter for WRL, an Emmy-winning reporter. I didn't know that until I was researching this podcast. Well done on your well, Emmy, sir. You. Yes. Uh, then you left. You went to the school district in Wake County where you ran the show for a couple of difficult years, and maybe we'll get into what made them slightly difficult years in a minute. Uh, then you went to the state DOT, ran that communication shop. Now you're heading up comms at Go Triangle. My man, we're all just going to breathe a minute and soak in the wisdom. Soak in. We're going to lap up and soak in the wisdom. Let's try to hone in on some of the things that you've learned. Uh, wearing all of those different hats about community conversations, can, can you kind of uh, thumbnail out for us just some of your general impressions? Sure. Yeah, it's been a well. It's been a hectic seven years going through three different places there. And I was at the school system just very briefly, but spent a lot of time uh, obviously at the state DOT and now at Go Triangle, um, dealing with a lot of very heavy community conversations and spending a lot of time on kind of that dual focus that sometimes people outside of our areas get confused that communications and community engagement are not necessarily the same thing. Now you use one for the other, but doesn't always go in the other direction. That's true, and I think on especially there's a lot of tools we can use as communicators, but I think the biggest lesson that I've learned in, in coming into the school system and working with others who are already doing this and then building this at DOT and other places is that real, true, good community engagement is an ongoing process. It's not when a public meeting is coming up or a public comment period's there. It's out there engaging every single day and it's meeting people where they are, not always making them come to you. So it's a full-time job for someone to just be out there day after day after day building those relationships so that when you need the public's feedback or when you're in, into an issue situation, you've got an army of people who are informed and, and can be there to advocate. The great thing about where we are now in communications is news releases aren't just about trying to get somebody else to cover your story anymore. You can be your own newsroom. You know, in the last two organizations, three organizations I've worked for, we write stories with quotes and elements. And it's not always just the superintendent or the director of transportation. We take real people who are out there using the services, who are impacted. What do you do with those stories then? Well, so we will share them out as a news release, but we also post them on our website. And then thanks with having social media, you can become your own newsroom. If, if we get additional pickup from other places, it's great to have that extra credibility and those extra eyes on something. I mean, getting something picked up by, you know, uh, the News and Observer or ABC 11 or WRL obviously is going to put a lot more eyes on it. But in the in between, you know, we can be sharing and tagging things and sharing our story out. And maybe somebody never logs on to one of the news websites, but they come to ours through social media and read the story. So it's important to get stories out on our own these days. All right. Well, let's turn to the uh, real reporter in the room, uh, Joel Brown. Nice to have you with us again. Good to be back. Uh, yes, sir. Reporter, anchor, ABC 11, also mentor, teacher, volunteer, overall good guy. We're going to tap into your comms spidey senses in just a few minutes. But first, I would love if you would tell us how you integrate with your community. How I integrate with my community. I look I, when I moved down here in North Carolina. North Carolina was in a strange place when I came here eight years ago. My father was born and raised in in Fayetteville, North Carolina. Was always a comfortable place that I've always been coming to my entire life. It was like, oh, okay, Raleigh. Let's 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 go there. I can work there. Um, that said, my my one of my cousins who lives in Fayetteville, um, whose dad grew up with my dad, and they both went to the same high school in Fayetteville and at E. E. Smith. Uh, he is now my cousin. Is now a counselor there, a guidance counselor at E.E. At e. Smith. It's right across the street from my grandmother's house, where I spent a lot of time as a boy. Um, so this place is close to my heart. He said, Joel, I am guidance counselor there. We've got a lot of at-risk young black boys um, who uh, are, are, are growing up 
more often than not in homes with, 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 with no fathers and are at risk of not graduating from high school, are at or near the poverty level, and I want to start a mentoring program. And uh, would you do that with me? I, I, I said, yes, let's do it. Um, that was five years ago. Um, I go once or twice a week down to Fayetteville. I live in Raleigh. It's not close, but um, we have been doing it. We've had some successes, had some, had some failures, but feels like we're making a difference somehow. And uh, certainly, I mean, you, the, the minute you bring up staying close to your community, that's my community. It's my family, and uh, it's something that's close to me. I love to hear that you're doing that, Joel. Let's also talk about ABC 11 together before we move on, because that's the sort of thing that real money and real power can bring to a community to really make a difference. And it's something that news stations wouldn't have done 10 years ago. It's something that the changes in the market economics and news have brought about, and it's one of the good things. Talk about ABC 11 together, what it is, and how it integrates with the community. Because every station these days has something like this, but ABC 11 was a market leader, I think. In this. Yeah, I think it goes back to what you what you said and how the model has changed over the last 10 or 15 years from, you know, if it, if it bleeds, it leads to this other way. And I think, yeah, that comes down to the economics. I mean, we, during, we are doing a lot more local news, a lot more hours of local news. And because of that, it gives us an opportunity to do some other kinds of stories. There are, there are, there is more space now for these more positive stories. So ABC 11 together is, 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 is a part of that. Um, the, we introduce each story as ABC 11 together, highlighting community needs and, and, and good deeds. And that can go in a lot of different places. Last Friday, I did an ABC 11 together story that that was enterprised and, and was brought to me by a, a community influencer that I, that, that I have a relationship with but basically look there's a there was a 13 year old girl who back in third grade when she was eight years old uh, she she was she was bullied she's got a story to tell about how it affected her self-confidence how it affected her self-worth she can she can tell a story um, uh, about the dark places let's just say it that way the dark places it can it can bring you to so you fast forward uh, five years. Uh, she's 13 years old. She uh, had a birthday party, and she turned it into an anti-bullying ball. She invited invited kids from from all over Wake County who have similar stories to tell about bullying and, and, and the impact it had on their life, and she made them all feel special. When that story was introduced uh, to the newsroom, what, what was the reaction to that? Did everyone say, that's a great story? Was there some pushback? Uh, how? What is the appetite at ABC 11, or which is a typical newsroom in many ways, most ways, uh, to a story like this? Honestly, we've done so much reporting on bullying, whether online or at school, over the last few years that it's 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 one of those it's it's it's, 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 it's a subject that we've talked a lot about, and we know that our viewers care about. We've done a lot of dark stories about bullying. I turned this around in the pitch and said, "This is a good news story," and uh, everybody signed up for it and it's not often i get to cover a 13 year old's birthday party but uh they went for it oh, that's a good place to pivot let's dive into these games they're ginned up to get to the heart of what's working when it comes to how to communicate in and around and to our communities the first one is called getting involved in this game i'm going to give you a broad area of interest you're going to tell me how i might go about volunteering or getting otherwise involved if i'm interested in this thing i want concrete suggestions here groups that you know about opportunities that are actually out there actionable ideas for folks if someone is listening and interested in the topic what can they do to get involved if you don't know that's okay you can take a pass let's start with education mike you're the best place to start sure i think you're starting small on the grassroots so if you whether you have a student in the system or you know a student in the system starting with that local school pta group finding out almost every pta at a school level and a broader county level has a website with information volunteer opportunities ways to get involved uh, most schools throughout the triangle if you go through a brief volunteer application process and are approved you can go in and read in a school you can go and help with math um, Listen, we know that teachers, educators are some of the hardest working people um, with, with some of the fewest resources available. Sometimes every school would love to have an extra adult that's willing to come in there and take the time. And so I think they're, you know, start with that local school website, build out to the county level. Um, just look for those opportunities. And even every school and school system has social media, too. And a lot of times they'll post those ways to get involved with activities. You don't have to be a, a math genius or, you know, a, a somebody who's at a, a college science level to be able to go in and help tutor and volunteer. Right. There's lots of needs and lots of ways to get involved. Other thoughts around the table on this one? 
we talked about mentoring. It's a, it's 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 a huge need, and the I, my cousin who who I started the mentoring program with is always looking for more parents to get involved as as involved as they'll be in in, in other things like making sure they're they're. Kids' prom is, is is a great experience for them. They're looking for them to be just as involved in their education and, and look for volunteer opportunities. Yeah, so it's not just at the school. It's also outside the school. There's after-school programs uh, that you can involve yourself with if you want to rec leagues, that sort of thing as well, right? Kara? Yeah, rec leagues is a great lead-in for us. Um, we're always looking for volunteer coaches. So for us, we need people that, you know, a lot of people think, oh, I don't have experience in sports. It, you don't need it. You just need to have a big heart and be willing to work with kids. And that's one of the things that we're always needing is volunteer coaches to really just help put in the time to be a mentor to kids and just really be a good example of how to lead. And so that's that's what we're looking for. How about art and music out there? Anything specifically in the art and music? This is right up your alley. I, well, to me, I, I'm a member of the North Carolina Museum of Art. I feel like we it's one of the best resources we have here in, in Raleigh. I mean, it's just a small amount of money to be a member. I mean, but if you don't can't do that you can certainly go to see the exhibits share what you see i i just think it's one of our great resources in raleigh i mean and um talk about music we're getting ready to have a huge wide open bluegrass festival in raleigh what a great resource to have here too it's a world bluegrass festival and even just you know going out to go to those events and supporting them in the ways that you can buy a ticket maybe um you know just go and see and be a part of it is is it's a good really, starting point it is just get, get out there point. and be part of it like absolutely arts and music we just had um Centerfest in, in in Durham, which is which is a great festival every year, right in downtown Durham, and 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 showcases all the many great artists that we have around the state, and really local artists who are super talented and don't get enough attention. Uh, but Durham Arts Council puts that on. It's a nonprofit, always and nonprofit work is is hard work it's all it's about fun, all yeah. about fundraising and 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 one thing i just wanted to say about about durham art art council is 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 the money and the effort that they put back into making sure arts and music is still a priority in in public and, and private schools so that's a great place to get involved as the transportation guy i'd be remiss if i didn't talk about how we are always in the public transit side talking about ways that people can get to these great festivals and events and we want to make sure that they're accessible to everyone whether or not you own a car whether or not you feel comfortable driving in the traffic that might come with it and so um, so we're always putting out information with our other partner transit agencies about different buses you can take or other transportation choices to get to these great festivals and events let's uh, let's move to uh, youth activities uh, if I wanted to get involved in youth activities one of the most exciting things we've done with all the transit agencies recently is about a year a little more than a year ago we started this new youth go pass program which means anyone 18 and younger can ride any of the buses in the triangle for free now no cost at all wow. you get the word out about that how are you getting word out is it on Instagram are you meeting the young people where they are? We've done a lot of everything. So it's been a lot of direct conversations in libraries and on social media. And we've, we created a, a how to use the past video, which we took two, there were two Wake County uh, drama students who acted for us so that we could kind of, we gave them a script, but then we said, all right, revise this and make it better. Make it sound like you would talk to your own peers. So we do, we've done a lot of work like that. We, we go to a lot of school events and, and promote and, and hand out passes and things too. That's I read fabulous. a story about that last week. I, I, I mean, I read a story on the oh. news. I read a story. So they're, they're this is great. We must have. Gotten some new information from We just hit the one year mark, and it was uh, we, we've we've had a tremendous response, and in, uh, in, in more than six thousand passes issued, which is hopefully what you read. Yeah. So that was great. I'll tell you, if you've got that kind of reporting out there, it's great to be able to use that as the grist for social media promotion to promote then that story on your channels and say, look at us, look what the mainstream news did on us. If it's a flattering story anyway, that can be very powerful. I just jump back in for uh, youth activities. I would say. We have a program called Play It Forward in Raleigh Parks. It's a scholarship program, so no kid can get turned down if they need a place to go for after-school programming or summer camp care. So we have a scholarship application. They just fill it out, and we work with the parents to figure out how to get them placed. Awesome. Thank you. Let's, let's leave this one there and move on to our next game called If You Don't Know, Now You Know. And we'll leave that there. Somebody gets it. Joel gets it. <laughs> In, in, in this game, I'm going to throw out resources that are out there in the community. You're going to tell the rest of us what you know about these resources, and then we're going to brainstorm one or two ways that they might amplify their messaging to get to get outward a little bit better. The first one is 211. Does anybody know what 211 is? 
tied to the United Way, right? It is, is tied it, to the United Way. In, it's, uh, yep. I think if I remember correctly, it's their, their kind of help resource number for families. If people need services at the United Way, they can just call that number. That's exactly right. It's a statewide help number if you need anything from a place to stay, emergency services for children, uh, any kind of help. 211 is a number you can dial to get connected with those resources. The problem is nobody knows it. And if they don't know about it, how do they use it? So what do you think? I'll take ideas. I think get to the people that need the resources, right? And try to try to figure out where those people are at and educate them on what 211 is and, and how they can get the resources and the information there that is there and available to them that will be helpful to them. That's really where I would start. First, I've heard of 211, so I've learned something today. But just from your little sketch of what they do i would say why not be, uh, operate like a like a crime stoppers or a uh, or, or 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 red cross if i'm at a story where i don't know such and such has happened someone's lost their home or, or 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 whatever why can't i as a reporter at the end of the story say hey and you can dial 211 for more infor- information on that they'll hook you up with a whatever list of nonprofits who can help you rebuild something like that it seems like it operate the same way so how would they get message out to you that that's even something you might say as a reporter I think we need to create the same relationships we have that makes us take a Red yeah. Cross emails and makes us want to say Crime Stoppers at the end of a crime story. Uh, Wake County Greenways. Everybody know what those are? Anybody not? <laughs> I, I, you know, yes. You're not you allowed. You're, 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 you're no, not allowed. <laughs> well, some yeah. people, I was shocked uh, when a close friend of mine did not know particularly what the Greenway system was. Yeah. Uh, here we are living uh, with arguably one of the absolute best outdoor resources in the country miles of exquisitely built out trails throughout wake county uh, how, how do you get word out that there is that resource to to, to either transients you know folks who have just moved here right I mean, how would if you're running that show so it's interesting that is our challenge because raleigh is such a great place we've got new people moving here every single day right you know over 60 people a day and so it is a challenge to catch those people and let them know about all the great resources we have here in raleigh and one of those things is greenways and it is a reason why people move here if they know about them um but we have over a hundred miles of trail in Raleigh specifically. And I think positioning greenways, sometimes people don't understand what a greenway is. The name is a little misleading. Is it a trail? You know, is it? So I think just talking to people and also sharing the information out to all those folks that are new. And then the people, sometimes people who've been here for a long time don't know that it's here. Mike, would you see the greenway as a competitor? Uh, absolutely not. No, <laughs> no, as a matter no, of fact, no, as a matter of fact, I was just going to say we all work together, and, and the whole. And I think that's another important thing to know is that all of our transportation, parks, education, it's all interconnected here. And transportation, in particular, you know, the greenway. Some people uh, use the greenway to get to work, whether they're wi- walking or biking, and some people use it part of the way and then get on a bus to go longer distance. Mm-hmm. We're all on the public side. We're all trying to reach the same audiences and t- constantly giving them tons of information. So the more we can all work together, and instead of making them learn. 10 different things kind of package things together. Here's what's going on in public transportation. Here's what's going on in greenways. Here's what's going on in education. And I think we've all been doing a better job of that over the years and we keep building that. It's, I think it's really helpful to the community and to us as communicators. Well, let's move this thing right along to the next game called Best of Breed. This one's fairly basic. I give you the topic, you give me the best of breed. Uh, in this case, we want the best way to get bodies to a community event. Something that's going on, you're hosting some kind of event. How do you get bodies there? Kara? I think removing any barriers, making it really easy for people, right? I mean, we are all busy. Everybody has a ton on their plate. So if you want to get someone there, you remove barriers. So for us, if it's a public meeting, we try to look at things like parking. If you're coming downtown, making sure that that's a big move that we've done where we can, we, if you're coming to a public meeting for city of Raleigh, we pay for parking and we validate, which is a huge step in the right direction. I think Um, removing barriers like care you know i have a i have a one-year-old so sometimes it's a little difficult for me to do go to a public meeting right so if they have child care that's one less thing for me to have to think about um so if you can think about making it really easy for someone to come to an event and remove some of those barriers it's helpful you know is there transportation is there a bus stop nearby you know making sure that we have that accessible 
making it accessible for people. Those are great thoughts. Mike, do you want to pick it up? Yeah, I was uh, yes to everything that Kara said. And and I would say also just, you know, um, combining services, like some of the people who rely on public transportation, they may be taking, you know, an hour and a half or two hours worth of buses to get somewhere. So if you're going to bring them to a meeting, if you can have some other things, partner with a group, if we can, you know, issue something else that they need from a social service standpoint, if they're ever trying to serve some underserved communities so that they have something actionable they can take away in addition to information. And then the other part that we talked about earlier, just meeting them where they are as much as possible. Don't just pick a place somewhere in the county and say, on this date and time, come here. Think about where they're already having a meeting, where they already gather for a, a faith-based organization service every Wednesday, and try to see if you can work with them to schedule your meeting at that site. Yeah, the only thing I would add is that bodies at your specific event are a good thing, but these days, eyeballs on your event are really what you're after, and so we can live stream pretty much everything. There's really no reason not to live stream public events uh, it's so easy to do. There are services now that hit every platform for a peanut of a, of a cost. Uh, and if you can live stream out your event, you'll catch eyeballs at home. And then you've got that content that is residual and just stays over that you can just reuse and reuse and resort and recycle over and over if you need to, if, you, if you're content desperate at some point. Mm -hmm. So best online resource if you want to get involved in your community that's not social it's not facebook or twitter I, give me something else that's out there if i want to involve myself in my community that i can kind of turn to i mean i say our website right because it has all of our volunteer opportunities that's i mean fair. it's just parks.rollync.gov um, and for us it's a great resource to try to figure out if you want to speaking of greenways we have people that volunteer their time to pick up along the greenways they pick up garbage so it's just it's a great resource and it tells you about all the things going on if you're looking for something fun to do on the weekend it's a resource for that as well so lots of ways to get plugged in for parks specific you know in some ways i think aggregators like the city like abc 11 wrl has a fabulous community calendar uh, these are places that if you want to get involved those are good sources. If you're not going to be on Facebook or if you're not going to find it on some social platform, really aggregator websites that are local and dedicated to this cause are pretty good. Uh, best kept secret in the triangle. Mike. I'm going to say our transit system. Oh, my God. You know, hey, okay, <laughs> this is my job here today, right? No, but seriously, for nothing else, if you just are tired of driving in traffic, I mean, there's it's it's worth exploring, and it's thanks to the investment in all three counties, it's growing every day, so there's always new opportunities to check out. I, I really believe in it, and I really hope more people will check it out. Uh, Joel, best kept secret in the triangle. I don't want to steal Kara's answer, but I, I look – I just moved to Raleigh, downtown Raleigh, about a year and a half ago. I'm always looking for running routes and, 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 and greenways. Anyway, I, I, I feel like I want to know more about the greenways and ways to develop. I'm always looking for miles for runs. How can I get the miles to run? And I think I, I always want to know more about how these greenways connect. And maybe I'll look into your app. Maybe it's not such a secret. Maybe I'm keeping a secret from myself. But I, need to, I, I want to know more about how, about how the greenways connect and how I can get where I need to go. Kara. I would say our community centers are a hidden a hidden gem. We have a lot of community centers, you guys. And I think what they do is they're a hub for people to go, take a program, learn something new, get out of the house, enjoy a playground, enjoy a walk. I mean, they're great spaces for community building. And so I would say our community centers are some of our best resources that are just you know go to the website to learn more about them and you know parks.rallync.gov we're happy to share with you i'll just put in a plug for one of my favorite places that i just recently revisited and that's yates mill pond oh, it's just absolutely mm -hmm. fabulous if you haven't heard of it if you don't know it just mm -hmm. go just go mm -hmm. yates mill pond it's wonderful you'll love it Oh, uh, let's uh, let's go ahead and fast forward this baby to Mad Libs, the last uh, game of sorts that we will play. This is a short lightning round designed to root out the best tactics and strategies for communicators and igniters of change. The first one we're going to go with is the social platform most friendly to community issues. I would say next door is pretty an interesting place. At least it's a it's a good space for neighborhoods to have a conversation. Our community center directors, a lot of them will post information going on. So yeah. it's a good it's a good spot to learn about neighborhood specific information. Joel, what you got? I'll say as specific Facebook groups um, that, that yeah, not just Facebook. No, Facebook the, groups, the Facebook right. groups and they're very specific and people who care about it and people who will respond to nosy reporters who are eavesdropping mm -hmm. on the conversation. 
Mike, thoughts? Uh, we use both of those quite a bit. Twitter is still a good place, too, when you can use it the right way and kind of group things together. Um, we also work with a tool called publicinput.com, which I think a lot of the um, groups do. That It's a something that, that public sector uses to kind of help us geo-target and, and really reach specific audiences through social media like Twitter and Facebook. And so it's not maybe a public-friendly one, but it's how we a lot of times work behind the scenes to get the message to the right social media groups. How about your favorite community resource guide? I love Facebook events. So I go yeah. online and I look at different events coming up for the weekend and that's a really nice way to see what's going on in your community so I love using that as a tool yeah I think just if you're interested in a certain topic um, finding most people have a blog that they keep updated and just stay, stay connected into that and kind of see those things that are happening follow several last one on this one is just two hashtags that you use regularly that are relevant to community engagement I need a couple of hashtags that folks might fall into and just you know learn a little bit more about their community and Kara, do you have something for us I mean we use hashtag rally parks if you're interested in getting information about that um, hashtag RALPOL a lot of people are looking at political issues in that in that vein so um, so those are two hashtags how about you Joel most regularly John hashtag ABC 11 and hashtag ABC 11 together. Hashtag communications breakdown. Have you? Is that something you use? Often? I think I have. When I was on episode one of the show, you because, can use because it again? you told me to use. That's it. a good one. Okay, yeah. how about you, Mike? Mostly hashtag communications breakdown. Hashtag. Hashtag go forward is what we use to talk to people about the investment happening in all three counties in the transit system and how they can get involved in those new projects. And then hashtag go together is what we use to share our video storytelling series to show people how people are actually using the transit system. Sweet. We'll check them out. Last thing we're going to jump to over here is anything else where we'll wrap up as we do every week by asking a question I ask at the end of pretty much every interview I have ever done. Uh, anything else? Did we miss anything? Mike, is a question that you are familiar with. Do you yes. have an answer to it today? You know what? No, this has been a lot of fun. It's been spot on. It's fun to have this conversation. I think a, a big takeaway, I, I teach a, a public relations class at NC State too, and I always talk with the students about this, and this all drives it home today, is how, one, it's such a small business and such a small world. The fact that we all come from different places, but we all know each other already walking in from 10, 12 years back. Um, and then just the really importance of, of working together. Again, the fact that we've been in roles where you've interviewed me at different organizations, Joel's interviewed me, we've, we've worked, I've pitched stories to both of you, Kara and I've worked together in different capacities, but we're all here having a friendly conversation and working together. It shows that we've built these relationships and th this is what it's all about. Pick up what Mike said, we're all in this together. We are a community. I am on television, but I am a part of this community. I live here, I work here, and I care about it. Um, look, I'm gonna meet people in all different all different phases of their life, often at the worst times of their life. Um, but never be afraid to uh, approach me and talk about something that matters to you. And I will file it away and, and, and am happy to come back to it. So whether, you know, I, I meet people at President Trump's rally in Fayetteville a couple of weeks ago or at a fire uh, and people will walk up to me and say, hey, I know you're not here for this, but this is going on and this is something you should know about. And I will write it down and more often times than not, I will come back to it because that's my job and uh, that's community. That's what I do. I love it, brother. How about you, Kara? We've heard building the relationships, building community. I think all of those things, get involved in where you live and what you love, whatever that looks like for you. I think, um, you know, we'd love to have you at Raleigh Parks if you'd like, but I think, you know, what makes Raleigh such a great place to live, work, and play is really the people and the people that care and that are passionate about being here. So I'd say, you know, that's what makes us a great community and get involved. Uh, for my anything else, I want to make a pitch for good-natured civility. Uh, I was walking in to tape this very podcast uh, on this very morning. I could have used some help with the door. Not that I needed the help, but my hands were full. I had a box full of donuts. Uh, I, I, I had precariously placed my coffee on top of this box full of donuts. I was carrying that in one hand and two big bags for the pod in the other. It's, yes, a bad decision, perhaps. Not a calamitous one. I still have my coffee when I got here. But as I was lugging these bags in and, and, and balancing this coffee on the box, there was a guy smoking a cigarette out there right by the door. He was a shuffle away from the door. He saw me coming, and he went in the other direction. Uh, I made it in fine. For transparency, I used the little button next to the door that opens it up automatically. I really try not to use those buttons. They're not for me. But on this day, I used the door button. I got on the door. But I thought to myself, I wish more people walked toward the door than away from the door in that circumstance. I want 
to just urge folks to be people who walk toward the door and offer a hand. It's just not hard to be nice to people. And I wish more people would take that approach. It can make a big difference. Fortunately, on this day, it didn't make any difference except steer me toward a quality anything else. Also on this day, I have one last anything else. We'll call this one more thing. It's a point of privilege for a host. I want to take a minute to express extreme gratitude to everyone who's helped me make this show possible. That includes all of our guests, panelists, and interviews. Bear with me on this one. Uh, it's a, it is an impressive list for me to be able to rifle off, and I just want to say thank you. Uh, Diane Wilson, Cullen Browder, Don Bigweather Schweniger, Joe Stewart, Dane Huffman, Jennifer Martin, Tamara Gibbs, Amy Johnson, True Pettigrew, Angela Frazier, Al McShirley, Senator Floyd McKissick, Carell Sampson, Matt Starr, Drew Ball, Dan Crawford, Frank Holloman, Jeff Tabiri, Representative Greg Meyer, Jane Pinsky, Catherine Vandegrift, my guests on today's show, Karen McLeod, Sig Hutchinson, Mike Charbonneau, Joel Brown. You get two thank yous. Thank Woo! you, thank you. Uh, another special thank to my friend Mitch Kokai, also on the show twice, and as it turns out, a consummate host. This podcast would not have happened nearly as easily had Mitch not been there helping at every step of the way. Thank you so much. Another shout out to the John Locke Foundation. We tape our show here. It would not be possible without your help. Thank you so much. And to my man, Marcus Urani and his band Rising Tide, a thousand thanks. Maybe the best part of editing these together after we tape is figuring out which clips and which songs I get to feature of yours. Marcus, thanks so much. All of this, of course, proving that good friends make the world go around. We're going to take a short break from putting these podcasts out. We want to look at some analytics from the shows, give proper attention to the feedback that we've gotten from listeners like you, and take some time to make sure that our next season is even better. If you haven't subscribed to the pod, take a moment now, look down, and do it. I'm serious now. Unless you're driving. Don't look down if you're driving. If you're not driving, look down, hit subscribe. This way... Even if you miss our promotion on social, you won't miss the next episode when it pops into your feed. We've been getting great feedback. We couldn't be more excited to keep the series going. We'll be engaged online for the next couple of weeks, looking for ideas how we can improve the show and topics in Season 2. So please engage with us. That does it for this edition and Season 1 of Communications Breakdown. If you like us, rate the show. It helps others who might be interested in sharpening their communications, pencils, find it. Tell your friends about us. Add us on social. Let us know again what you found most helpful. We're at Campsite SC. You can also use hashtag communications breakdown. We'll be back in your feed in the next few weeks. Till then, remember, words matter, so take them seriously. Mm-hmm.